tensions grow on Capitol Hill and at the border over the migrant crisis. How are veterans and military members being pulled into the immigration rhetoric? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. The actions and decisions of Secretary Mayorkas have left us with no other option than to proceed with articles of impeachment. And lawmakers question senior enlisted service members about military quality of life issues. What does this all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. First up, tensions over the migrant crisis continue growing both at the southern border and on Capitol Hill. Early yesterday morning, the House Homeland Security Committee voted along party lines to forward a resolution impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We cannot allow this man to remain in office any longer. The time for accountability is now. This comes as record flows of migrants seek asylum at the southern border. Border Patrol agents have seen record or near-record highs of migrants crossing into the United States, sometimes as high as 10,000 people a day. Committee Chairman Mark Green accused Mayorkas of refusing to enforce immigration laws. Secretary Mayorkas is the very type of public official the framers feared, someone who would cast aside the laws passed by a co-equal branch of government, replacing those with his own preferences, hurting his fellow Americans in the process. But Democrats called the vote a political stunt. In a process akin to throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, Republicans have cooked up vague, unprecedented grounds to impeach Secretary Mayorkas. And whether it's a stunt or not, the vote does symbolize just how much immigration has come to factor into the early days of the 2024 election. Just last week, a poll from Harvard University found that immigration had jumped to the biggest issue on the minds of voters. The vote also threatens already fragile Senate negotiations over border security and aid for Ukraine. Republicans have argued that no more money should go to Ukraine until Congress can pass immigration reform. The issue of immigration is also permeating outside the Beltway, most notably with America's military and veteran communities. Last week, the Supreme Court issued a ruling that said the federal government can take down barbed wire placed on the border by the Texas National Guard on nearly four dozen acres of land in Eagle Pass, Texas. That location is one of the more shallow areas of the Rio Grande River and has seen thousands of migrants cross. But some don't survive. A mother and two children drowned last month because Texas Guardsmen blocked Border Patrol agents from rescuing them. Still, Texas Governor Greg Abbott defied the court's order, and more than two dozen other governors signaled their support for his move. Adding to the mix, a truck convoy is trying to recruit veterans as they make their way to the southern border to highlight what they call a, quote, invasion at the border. And the Texas National Guard posted a secessionist flag on their Twitter account. To break all of this down, and yes, I know, there's a lot, military veterans and journalism fellow Nikki Wentling joins us now. Hey Nikki, thanks for joining us. Tell us first, what is this trucker convoy making their way to the southern border, and how are they targeting vets for this cause, and why? Sure. So, you know, what's happening at the border right now is really angering um, some U.S. citizens. So the U.S. right now is seeing, you know, record levels of crossings across the Mexico border in Texas. Um, The Customs and Border Patrol said that, you know, some days recently have seen 10,000 people come across. Um, And this is, yeah, really led to a lot of frustration with uh, Biden's administration, um, immigration policies, 
So earlier this month, the Texas National Guard, on orders from Governor Greg Abbott, blocked Border Patrol agents from a two and a half mile stretch uh, of the border in Eagle Pass, Texas, which prevented them from patrolling that area. And the U.S. Supreme Court actually weighed in on this standoff. They came down with a decision that gave the U.S. Border Patrol the authority to cut some razor wire that the National Guard had rolled out. Uh, But that decision from the Supreme Court was really narrow in scope. And while it says, you know, Texas can't block authorities from the border, it doesn't prevent, you know, Texas troops from being there. So a week ago, guardsmen were still out there on orders, rolling out more wire. Uh, Greg Abbott said publicly that he would continue to use the National Guard to secure the border. And 25 other Republican governors issued a statement in support of the governor, arguing that, you know, Texas has a right to self-defense. As all of this is going on, um, you know, there's a lot of chatter online. Uh, Tucker Carlson, who's the ousted uh, Fox News anchor, he took to X talking about how the men of Texas need to stand up and defend the border. And that really, you know, stirred up some folks and led to this protest convoy that's headed to Texas to rally in support of the state government. So the convoy left from Virginia Beach on Monday, and it's supposed to arrive in Texas today. On Friday, they're planning to arrive in a town that's just 20 minutes north of Eagle Pass, where the standoff is happening, uh, and they're planning a rally for Saturday. So, you know, first of all, we're not really sure how many people will be part of this rally as of now. We know that they're really well funded. They received, um, you know, more than $140,000 in donations as of yesterday. But yesterday, we also saw the organizers were dealing with some confusion about the various routes people were taking, and it just wasn't, you know, the best organized. So we have to kind of stand stand by and see how many people will arrive there. So Nikki, you track domestic extremism, particularly how service members or veterans may be targeted to get involved in such causes. What kind of rhetoric are you hearing from those organizing the trucker convoy? So there's been a lot of rhetoric among this this convoy movement um, that's concerning to people who research domestic extremism. Um, Organizers posted updates about the convoy um, to the video platform Rumble and on X, uh, in which they referred to an invasion of migrants, um, using the word, you know, invasion quite a bit. Uh, In one video, an organizer argued, you know, we can't sit by and watch our borders and language and culture being destroyed. And that type of language perpetuates the great replacement conspiracy theory, uh, which is all about you know, how lenient immigration policies are being designed to replace the power and culture of white people in the United States. Um, So that theory has been tied to multiple instances of violence in the past several years, including several mass shootings. So I spoke to Tom O'Connor, a retired FBI special agent who investigated domestic and international extremism for more than 20 years, you know, and he's looking at this and really concerned about what the organizers of this convoy are saying publicly and the messages they're trying to get across about migrants um, and what kind of, you know, vigilantism this could create. You know, and we should note that one of the reasons we're talking about this today is that one of the organizers of the convoy is a former army lieutenant colonel who spoke about the movement this week on shows um, hosted by Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones, who's a a right-wing conspiracy theorist. He and other organizers have urged veterans and service members to join the cause. Uh, They want to use the special status that the military community holds in this country, um, you know, for this cause. And that's something we've seen from extremists who hold a wide variety of beliefs that they want veterans and service members to be part of what they're doing. Plus, there's this controversial post from the Texas National Guard on Twitter. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? 
So as all of this is going on, there's this standoff between the Texas government and federal authorities, and this convoy of angry citizens is going down to the border. Um, the Texas Military Department, which oversees the Texas National Guard, posted a photo to its official page on X yesterday showing the famous come and take it flag from the Texas Revolution flying in front of National Guard headquarters in Austin. Um, so the flag is, you know, like I said, from the Texas Revolution, it, it has the words come and take it below an image of a cannon. There was no message with the post and they didn't respond to our questions about the post. Uh, we do know that, you know, this is a symbol of Texas freedom and it's really serving to stir up even more tension and emotion in an already strained situation. So as of a few minutes ago, I checked, uh, the post had gotten about 150,000 views, hundreds of shares, and hundreds of comments that were both in support of Texas and criticizing the post, um, calling it an insult to the country and a move that politicizes the U.S. military. Another important story, the military senior enlisted members went to Capitol Hill today to testify about military quality of life issues before Congress. But what were some of the biggest issues expressed by the leaders? Capitol Hill Bureau Chief Leo Shane III brings us the answers live from Capitol Hill. Hey Leo, so what were the big problems these senior enlisted brought to the members of the House Committee? Yeah, look, this was a pretty significant hearing. We had um, all of the senior enlisted leaders from the separate services coming up to talk about what they're hearing from military families, what they're seeing, and really to react to what lawmakers have been hearing. This uh, this special panel on quality of life that the House Armed Services Committee put together, uh, they've been working on this issue for about the last nine months or so, interviewing families, interviewing a lot of folks. And this is kind of the, the capstone hearing uh, for this event. They brought these folks forward and said, look, what, what are we hearing? A lot of the messages were predictable. We, uh, you know, uh, military pay is a, a major concern of troops. Uh, obviously, what you're what you're getting, what what you're taking home, what you can afford, especially with inflation, things like that. Housing was a, a major issue that that they brought up, and then you know a whole host of other issues, child care issues, medical issues, you know, some base specific ones. But but the recurring theme from folks was, you know, we've got to get the pay right, and we got to get the housing right. Those are the those are the major focuses and major complaints that they're hearing right now. And if they don't fix it, it's going become a recruiting and retention problem. Yeah, Leo, it's it's really easy to discuss where a problem is, identifying the problem. But what were some of the possible solutions offered for these problem areas when it comes to improving quality of life in the military. Yeah, the solutions are really going to come from Congress. Um, this special panel has been putting together a report, and we'll see it come out sometime this spring. And I think a lot of the legislative proposals in there are going to be the basis for some some major additions to the Annual Defense Authorization Act and some major changes that we'll see in the future. Um, we're talking about things like perhaps uh, changing how military pay is handled. Right now, everything's based on your time and service and your rank. This may give some boost to junior enlisted uh, folks, or it may look for some more targeted pay raises. Just try and uh, find ways to make it more like the the civilian sector, where your performance also plays into to what you're paid, not just the the years that you've been at a company. Um, on the housing issue, there's been a lot of talk about increasing the basic allowance for housing, finding better ways to, to give oversight to make sure that unaccompanied housing and barracks are, are being taken care of. But it'll be a few months before we see any of those specifics, and then it'll be even longer before we enact these. You know, Just about everybody at this hearing today, lawmakers and the, the senior officials, um, they said they know that these aren't fixes that are going to happen tomorrow or even even in a, in a few years. This may be a five to ten year process to, to get things sorted out, but they said it's important to 
to start working on it because if they don't, they're going to start to lose faith in military families and they'll see a slow erosion of people who are willing to sign up and serve. Also on your radar for today, the United States yesterday attributed the drone attack that killed three U.S. service members in Jordan to the Islamic resistance in Iraq. That's an umbrella group of Iran-backed militias. The U.S. has signaled it is preparing for retaliatory strikes in the Mideast in the wake of Sunday's attack. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby reaffirmed Wednesday that the U.S. believes the attack was planned, resourced, and facilitated by the Islamic resistance in Iraq. The president believes that it is important to respond in an appropriate way uh, now that three American soldiers have been killed. And what's appropriate? Well, you know, it depends on what your, what your response is going to look like and what you're going to go after. Um, and as I said earlier, we will respond in a time and in a manner of our choosing on our schedule. And just because you haven't seen anything in the last 48 hours, it doesn't mean that you're not going to see anything. And as I said earlier, when you see the first thing, don't come to be thinking that that's going to be the last thing. Here's why it matters. Any additional American strikes could increase the already high tensions stemming from Israel's war in Gaza. Israeli strikes have killed more than 26,000 Palestinians and displaced nearly 2 million others. The conflict has rippled throughout the Muslim world and incited no shortage of regional tensions. Iran-backed militias have struck targets in Iraq, Pakistan, and Syria. The U.S. has carried out airstrikes targeting Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels over their attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. A top National Space Council official urged U.S. agencies this week to start budgeting for on-orbit satellite refueling and servicing capabilities as a signal to the industry that they're serious about pursuing new ways to operate in space. An Air Force pilot safely ejected from an F-16 fighter jet that crashed into waters off the west coast of South Korea yesterday. It is the second such crash in less than two months. Russia and Ukraine said yesterday they have exchanged about 200 prisoners of war each. That's despite tensions stemming from last week's crash of a military transport plane that Moscow claimed was carrying Ukrainian POWs and was shot down by Kiev's forces. And the European Union's top diplomats said yesterday that the bloc plans to launch a naval mission in the Red Sea within three weeks to help defend cargo ships against attacks by Houthi rebels in Yemen. And on this day in history in 2003, the space shuttle Columbia broke up while entering Earth's atmosphere, killing all seven crew members on board, many of whom had military backgrounds. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com ebb to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by the Associated Press, Nikki Wentling, and Leo Shane III. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Go catch your worm, early birds. <laughs>